seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 155 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. As always, I'm your host, Daquan Watson, and for 155 episodes, I still have my main man, who fortunately is not in Florida today, Brian Allen. How's it going, man? Yeah, definitely uh, praying for everybody in and around Florida, because that stuff looks bad. You know what what is the weird phenomenon right now to me is the number of people on TikTok that are just like streaming hurricane footage. Yeah, I, mean, I always feel bad for the reporters that are out there because that's one of the things that makes me Bruh. happy I am not still doing, you know, on scene, Dude, stand outside in the winter type stuff. Guy, he's on top of a rooftop, him and his friend both filming different things. And he's just walking around like, we're in the eye of the storm right now. Like, you can see the wind just popping him in the face while he's talking. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> just, like, bro, go inside. Like, what are you doing? Like, and no offense to anybody, but for real, why people? Like, you know, just saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> but seriously, I'm just like, dude, why are you outside? Like, I, I get it. If you've made the decision. You know why. I'm just saying, if you made the decision to stay at home. And I don't know, defend your home or whatever. I whatever. Maybe you think your home's safe from the storm. I get it. But at least film indoors. Like just being outside, completely unprotected, by the way. Nobody wants to watch the indoor filming. You know this. That's why they make reporters stand outside the 150 mile per hour wind. I'm just saying, this dude, these dudes were just wide enough, like seeing stuff fly by, like just I'm like, y'all are gonna die. Like, like yeah. even, you know, the, the two days a year when it snows in Texas to have everybody stand outside. Oh, my God, it's so cold. We know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody, again, that, that's one of the aspects of, of journalism I do not miss is having to stand outside. Hey, look, y'all, it's cold. It's just crazy to just me. Stuff. I just don't understand it. I just don't. I'm like, man, there's so many better ways you could do this. And then one of them just cut out mid thing and the people are like what happened to this stream blah blah, blah. i'm like bruh there's a hurricane like right? I mean, like, <laughs> like i mean what do you think like he probably lost internet stuff's flooding in some spots already from the rain like dude like what's wrong with y'all we're, we're so spoiled in terms of content now where you just push a button and watch anything anywhere just so we're just we just expect, hey, yeah, why why is your hurricane stream being delayed? I'm gonna go watch somebody else. We're just so spoiled. exactly. I'm just going, man. Just both sides of that whole thing. And to be honest, I was only checking it out as a curiosity. Like, I, I've lived down south. I've seen how people have to deal with hurricanes or whatever. Not interested, but mostly of just like, all right, how are people filming this and how are people responding to it is really what I was checking out. But man, I just blown away. Like just walking around and dude, and you could see that dude just getting hurt by the wind. Just like I'm like, dude, this this is not worth it. Like there's yeah, it's nobody should be doing it, yet it's just the yeah. way that it's we, we do things that way. It's the way you've always done things. It's Imagine being is. on a rooftop walking around and even saying, like, man, I can barely walk out here, or whatever. I'm like, dude, you are two seconds of being blown off a roof. Right. I'll be the first person to admit I don't know what a better way is, but there must be one. 
Has to be. Has There's got to be. be something else you could do that would add far more to the Because, again, we've seen everybody, you know, stand there trying not to blow away. It's just... I mean, we already have footage lately of people even filming tornadoes and stuff just going yeah. across their neighborhood. And I'm like, dog, like you were like maybe 300 feet from that bad boy. What are you doing? You know, and of course, that dude, I, I want to say he was in Texas. You know, he's just mowing his lawn. Like, Honey, it's a tornado. I'm yeah. keeping my eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> some people are built different out here, man. Like, that for is real. the most Hank Hill move ever. Yeah, I see the tornado, but, you know, it's grass ain't going to cut itself. I mean, I don't miss having to deal with any of that. The hurricanes, the tornado. Up here, it's some more wildfires happen. But it wasn't so bad this year, so I was pretty good. And technically earthquakes, but apparently I have already lived through like five of them, and I didn't feel a single one. So wow, uh, that's wild. The most we recent have one, them occasionally now, but thankfully nothing that's been. Well, yeah, y'all's are from oil crap going on. <laughs> Ours <laughs> are from mountains. Not been proven. The yeah. governor says it, it's fine. There's no truth to that. Now let's crack the earth open some more, shall we? Yeah. No, up here it's weird because just recently my lady was like, she sent me a message like, hey, did you feel that? And I was like, no. And I was in here just like recording with headphones on, whatever. I didn't feel nothing. So I don't know. But it was only like a four. So it wasn't like it was crazy. But if you're if you're making content, the answer is, did you feel that is no. Yeah, we're, 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 we're down the rabbit hole filming, taping, playing. But the thing is, it wasn't even enough to rattle things. That's yeah. what I'm like. So I've not lived through one of those yet, though. Supposedly there was one. Maybe it was like a six, but it happened overnight or early in the morning. So like, I I guess I would just sleep when it happened and nothing fell off. So just one of those things. But anyway, let's get into the meat of the show. And before we do that, we got to pay some bills. So why don't you go over and check out our friends over at Cardsphere.com? They are long term supporters of the show and they have a pretty good website if you want to buy some cards to fill out and say your commander deck and you're like you know i just don't want to pay top dollar for stuff it's a little bit pricey you can actually go in there and name the price you do feel comfortable paying and see if you can find somebody selling it for that price and if so they'll send you some cards same thing goes if you want to sell some stuff that maybe you don't want to sell on certain sites because you don't think it's enough or maybe you don't want to deal with the hassle of ebay or or any of these other sites you can go over set up some stuff over on cardsphere and name your price for the stuff you want to sell it's actually really cool you should check it out. They are big supporters and friends of ours. So go pay them some love over at cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash color of magic. And you could be a long-term patron just like Jonathan Zybel. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Much appreciated. And if you want to go over to colorofmtg.com slash shop, you can pick up some tokens and some play mats and help prep the show the next time you're out and about your local store, maybe a convention, any of that good stuff. And you can look at our beautiful faces while you play Magic, which is always a bonus. But that brings us to the good stuff. So let's get right into the soapbox. All right. I, I'm going to say like this this week, this is one of those things that pops up periodically. And I don't like I know why, but I don't know why at this point. But we're back to this whole thing of like the way we enjoy our games is the best way and should be the only way. And it manifests itself a whole bunch of different ways. Sometimes it's, well, I don't know why they have to have this mode in the game because I hate it, blah, blah. And it's like, but other people like it. You can still just keep playing the other mode. Just because this one exists doesn't mean you can't do the thing you 
already do. Maybe it's, oh, well, I don't know why the company's giving support to this part of the community. It's like, but they already take care of you and that's not changing. So if they want to spend more money to take care of more people in their community, then let them. Like more people get something awesome related to the thing that you like, which ultimately means there's more people sending them money so you can get more of what you like in the future. And there's no guarantee that if they, you know, take people off of the mode that you hate, that these people are all of a sudden going to get put on and be working on the thing that you like. Like that horde mode may be their favorite mode. If they stop doing it, they might leave the company and go work somewhere else. <laughs> it just, oh, I told people straight up watching people play Elden Ring without there being an easy mode. I'm not even interested. Like I would have to dedicate way too much time to play that game that I'd be like, I'm just not even starting it. Exactly. So without an easy mode, that company's not even getting a dollar from me. Not that that's a bad thing. Like, obviously, the game's so popular and people really like it. Nothing wrong with that. But if you had an easy mode, I guarantee you, you can make another $40, $50 off me. Easy. Because the game looks fun, but I'm not going to spend the time, like, to get through all those different story modes or uh, different endings and whatever. Like, I'm not going to do that in a game that I have to, like, super concentrate on full time to play. When I'm done doing my work, especially now that I do a bunch of stuff on computers and everything all day, I want my game time to be chill. I'm not trying to do work while I'm gaming. Some people do. I get it. Like you want that challenge and that's what drives you. And that's what you want out of games. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that mode shouldn't exist, but give me an easier one just so I can enjoy the work that you put in and give you some money. Or honestly, for people that have disabilities or they have reflex issues or whatever, like they will never be able to play a game like Elden Ring without an easier mode existing. Like, I want mine just for, you know, convenience sake. But there's actual people who cannot play that game because of physical issues. Like, why were we trying to, like, not let that be a thing? Or, you know, we'll talk about this later in the show, but, like, Watsy updating their announcement on the cosplay stuff, there were people being mad about that. And I'm like, they're just giving another part of the community more stuff. Shut up. They didn't take anything. It's not like they said, you know what? We want to support the cosplayers, so we're going to do this, this, and this. But we're going to have to take that money out of, I don't know, the promos we're sending to your local store for Friday nights or whatever. Okay, then maybe you have a thing to make a case over. But they're literally saying, everything's staying the same. We're just giving them something extra over here. Cool. Let them have it. Like, people that play Commander, it's like, cool, if you want to play competitive, great. I don't, but I'm not going to complain about y'all having y'all's competitive commander community or whatever. Enjoy it. Find other people that want to play it together. Or if you want to play Popper or Legacy or whatever, cool. Some of those, I some of the different formats of Magic I haven't played in years. Some I've never played. But I'm never mad that they exist. I don't look at other formats and go, ugh, why does somebody want to do that? The format I like to play is the best. More people should play this. Like, I might think it's the best and enjoy it the most, but if more people find happiness doing other things, that's cool, too. It's just weird. It's not, I don't even, I mean, I get it. People want to slap, like, the gatekeeping label on it or whatever. It's, some of it is, maybe. Some of it just is just selfish. Like, it's just not even giving a damn about other people. And especially when we're talking about all these different companies, whether it's Riot or Nintendo or Wizards or whoever, if they just want to give away more money to other people in your community, let them. They literally have billions. Who cares? All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. 
I'm sure I'll be addressing this again in a year <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it always pops up and I see a string of them. And it's almost like once a couple of those comments get out there, everybody jumps on the train and then you start seeing it for like a month. But yeah, just let people enjoy things. Let the company support everybody in their community. If they're not taking anything away from you, don't worry about it. Just look over and go, man, I'm happy for y'all that y'all got a piece of the pie. All right, Brian, you're up. He said piece of the pie. Now the Jefferson's theme song is in my head. But uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about uh, our, our man, Kevin Sorbo. He, he's at it again. There is, as you may not even remember who that is, strong possibility. He played Hercules in the 90s. Hercules it was called the Legendary Journeys TV show. And he's just upset that he apparently, allegedly, can't find any work in Hollywood because he's Christian and conservative. This is and has always been ridiculous. There's, I think there are five TV networks that only air Christian family-friendly broadcasting. There are so many of them that two of them had a bidding war over Candace Cameron. Dude, Chris Pratt's still out there making money, and we know his stance on a lot of stuff. Right? It's just like... It's frustrating. I mean, Tim Allen for all. Tim Allen also plays that card of I'm conservative. It's hard to find work. Yet the guy gets a TV show and or a movie least yearly. Hell, his other show just ended like a year and a half ago, two right. years ago, right? That got another like on, five seasons. Yeah, yeah, got canceled on one network. Got picked up by Fox for another three or four seasons. And now he's going to be back on Disney uh, doing. Uh, I think the Santa Claus is going to be a TV show now. Yeah, this has always been ridiculous. If if Hollywood thinks people want to watch you, they'll give you a TV show, a movie, both of these things. Aunt Becky for her full house, Lori Laughlin, just got out of prison. They're about to put her back on TV. Hey, can can you make dollars? Right? That's all it is. Do people want to watch you on television? And other, you know, other than being constantly whining about not getting work, I don't know what all Kevin Sorbo has done. There must be something because for somebody that was on not just one, but two of the biggest sci-fi slash fantasy shows in that, because he was also on uh, Andromeda, the, uh, the Gene Roddenberry show. So the fact that this man apparently can't even find convention work means he's apparently set fire to a whole bunch of bridges. Now, I told you, like, I know some people behind the scenes that said he's been rude and gruff at times or whatever, and they didn't enjoy working with him at conventions. But I haven't heard any big crazy story. Now, I didn't say it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I don't know anybody who's told me. But maybe that's enough that people are just like, dude, who are you to have an attitude with me? You got to you, you gotta know how much, you know, I mean, I think we've all heard the stories about William Shatner being a jerk. He's Captain Kirk. He's allowed to be. Yeah, bro, that's but, true. Like Most of these shows, like, for example, Andromeda, don't exist if Ke- William Shatner doesn't become Captain Kirk. Yeah, but you have to know your, your status within right. a community, right? Like, even if you're not the nerd actor, but like, I don't know, let's say you're uh Mace Windu, right? You want to show up to a Star Wars thing. He can probably have a little bit of attitude and people be like, yeah, but it's Samuel Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it's going to be, right? Just like saying, like, you still shouldn't. And I haven't heard him have one, but I'm just using that as an example. 
And even but, if Samuel L. Jackson wanted to cuss me out, I would I'd appreciate I'd be honored to be cussed out by Samuel L. Jackson, truthfully. You know, it'd be great. It'd be a story you can tell the rest of your life. That is true. Like, I, guess I was about to say something. I went, I don't know, man. He, he called me an MFer. I'd have been all about it. Right. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo, Hercules wasn't even the best show in that series. Xena was far better. Yeah. Like, here's the thing for me. And, and this is somewhat, you know, where I tell people all the time, we're bad at humans as far as judging ourselves. Is the whole reason gauging our own progress and self-help stuff where it was hard for a lot of people because you have to have those, you have to look yourself in the mirror and have the real tough conversations. Some people do, and they have much more success in life. But let's be real about Kevin Sorbo for a second. Like, even in Hercules, he was not a great actor. No. I mean, he, like, was, it was a, he was ripped. He, he was, at the time, you know, considered to be good-looking. But, yeah, nobody was uh, – he didn't win any Emmys for that no. role. I don't. And, it, and he was fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, he, yeah. was, he was right for the role. But it wasn't like he had to do any serious over-the-top acting or whatever. Like, it was kind of a – a little bit tongue in cheek, a little bit campy show. Yeah, I mean they they do. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the writing did him any favors because it didn't. I mean they would have gags like you know, like he he fights a giant spider, then turns around and goes, "Huh, this is a really big website," you know. So, <laughs> yeah, but like we know, you know what I mean. Like that was yeah. the whole purpose of the show. So like he kind of has to. Know. It'd be like if Mr. Bean showed up somewhere and was like, "I don't know how I can't get all these serious acting roles or whatever." It'd be like. <laughs> right? uh, like you barely talked in your movies. Like, come on. <laughs> like you just gotta know what you're working with. And I just don't think he's aware, unfortunately. I, I don't feel like he is. And that, you know, as you said, that, that's what'll keep you out of work more than anything, is not realizing, you know, you, you gotta stay in your lane, you know. Keenan Thompson doesn't go out for the Tom Crow Cruise roles. He knows better. Yeah, Keenan's been solid finding work for ages though. <laughs> well, yeah. He knows who he is. Yep. Uh, did you see he got a star on the Walk of Fame or whatever? Not that I long did ago? not, but that's awesome. Yeah, like good on him. Because like, like he's been on TV for what now about thirty years easily. Going back to the good, good bugger, good burger, right? right? Like and Kenan and Kale, and I mean has been one of the stars of everything he's been in too. Yeah. Dude, like, and the thing is about Keenan, I look back and think about like all the dumb things he's done on Saturday Night Live. They're still funny, right? They used to have him do Oprah because they refused to hire a black woman for about 10, 15 years. Yep. I, the, one of the best segments he has is what's up with that? Like, right. I don't know why. I, I don't know why that just like the idea of doing a thing to where you invite guests on and they almost never get to say anything. <laughs> Because it's just dumb dance segments. It's just too funny. I don't know why. It's stupid, but I still laugh at it. But it's, you know, it's an act, it's really meta commentary because think about how many talk show hosts, you know, don't let the guest get a word in. Oh, for sure. For it's sure. It's actually a common thing. But yeah, man, I'm with you. Kevin Sorbo, man. It's I think I told the story on air before, but like I did have an opportunity. Well, had lined up an opportunity to watch a taping of a thing with him and I think a storm was coming in or something really bad. So it ended up getting canceled the, the meetup or whatever. And I was like disappointed, but then within five years of just like him coming out slowly and I started hearing stories about stuff. I'm like, man, I'm not even sad. I missed that now, which is terrible. 
dodged the bullet probably. Yeah. Which is I so had crazy. a really long, boring lecture. Yeah, that's probably true because he would have hated so much about me. Like, for real, for real. But, man. All right. You know what time it is. We learned some interesting things. We want to share it with people. So what do you got this week, Brian? All right, I just found out about these two guys, the Downing Brothers. They are It's like something out of a, a TV show or a movie. They're identical twins. All right. They're firefighters. Cool. They're also real estate investors, and they were apparently the first black men to host their own show on HGTV. Or I think it, I think they did a pilot for HGTV, which made them the first black men to host a show on HGTV. Now they do uh, apparently backyard bar wars on True TV. We were talking about, you know, as we were going down the list, we want to talk about that. Surely somebody, <laughs> surely somebody black has had a show on HGTV before, and I, I couldn't think of anybody. I, so yeah. I'm gonna assume that's legit. <laughs> that's a wild one, man. Because, like, I, just when you think about, you know, how many brothers and women you know that that build houses, that organize houses. I mean, how long was the was clean house all with DC? That, that's crazy. But not just that, like all the realtors that are out there, right? Like, even even celebrities that you could get to host things where yeah. other people are doing stuff in houses. Right. That's pretty wild. And not only that, the fact that like, what are the odds that twins would also take up being firefighters and also realty? That is kind of wild. Yeah. Like that, that's an interesting life series of events to get it's to our being Schwarzenegger a movie come to life. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cool though. Good on them, man. Good on them. Are yeah, they get are, your money, dudes? Get yeah, your money. I almost got to be getting it with a TV show, real estate. I don't know if they still fire. I mean, probably not if they're doing all these TV shows, but just in case your bar catches on fire while they're there helping you rebuild it, they got you covered. Yeah, which is a shame because, man, we could always use more good firefighters. Yeah. But I'm wondering if just because of the hype and the news and everything else, if HGTV is almost going to be put in a position that you have to give them a full-time show. Because, I mean, it sounds like it's been very positive that they've been out in the news for them. Right. Which I guess they probably have a contract now with True TV. I don't know if they're part of the same. There's so many companies now. Probably. A lot of these networks are connected these days. A lot of the small ones. So and They'll all eventually be owned by Disney. So just a matter of time. Yeah, probably. Like, it'll probably end up in a thing where, like, these companies make deals with Hulu and then eventually Disney just buys all the commanding share of Hulu and yeah, it becomes a big mess, but yeah, good for them, man. I, that, that is actually pretty cool. I mean, somebody has to be the first, might as well be the right? first with just a weirdly unique story. <laughs> though this re- brings up a real question though. If you had to work with your siblings or wife or whoever, to that level all the time like would you eventually get tired of them chip and joanna got divorced so i guess their answer was yes i'm gonna be real with you dude like i always kind of wondered how they work their stuff out anyway not not that like they're bad people or anything i i knew very little of them i've encountered them at a couple of like city events and that was about it but they always just seem like so opposite about what they wanted when they were talking about things i was always kind of <laughs> surprised that it worked out the way it did anyway but I mean, they're they're still able to do a TV show together, so you know credit we, to them because you know hey, 
it makes dollars. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah, they I mean, have tied investments at this point yeah. into like the silos and the different merchandise they sell or whatever. Because, you know, the, the, the prototypical example of this was Sonny and Cher, where I mean, their agent, the TV network, everybody that was invested in Sonny and Cher was like, please, could y'all just pretend to be married? And, and no, they were they were tired of each other. They couldn't do it anymore. Even with all the money that was on the table, like, no, we got to get divorced. Well, yeah, but I and I'm and that's what I'm wondering, right? If you have to be around the other person all the time, like you're traveling with them, yeah. like you don't even have anything to talk about because y'all experience right. the same things because you're in the like, same workplace, you know, you take the same trips to the same cities. Like, right. I don't know, that just feels weird. Like the Chris Rock bit. Every time I tell, yes, I told you, told me about the town. You told me the story a hundred times. Get mm-hmm. kidnapped. That's something new happened to you. So you got some more stories. For real, it's just like that. Now, in a whole different direction, this one was pretty interesting because I'm flipping through Twitter the other day and randomly I see Ryan Reynolds come up on my screen and I'm kind of like, all right. Like, he's usually saying or doing something funny. Like, let me say this too before I get for about Ryan Reynolds. This dude understands marketing. Like, it doesn't matter if he's doing stuff for his personal brand, for an upcoming movie project, for Mint Mobile. Mobile. (laughs) Yeah. This is great. The dude, even when he does interviews, like, he understands how to deal with the public. It doesn't matter if he's doing a big budget movie, some small thing made for TV or whatever. Like, he understands the scope. Every single time that thing he did with Betty White, where, you know, when the camera, when people turned the corner, Betty White turned into the most like evil woman ever. Yeah. And then, you know, they would come back when it looked like he was attacking her. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like he understands the perception of everything. Like I would not be surprised if he's the type of actor that shows up on set. They start to work out the scene and he looks over at the director and goes, hey, have an idea. What if we do this? And the director right. just goes, oh, my God, that's genius. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, he gets it. He he just does. But in this particular video, he's sitting on a couch in a living room. And he's talking about how he's sort of, like, stressing on the next Deadpool project. And it shows him, like, working out, trying to eat right, you know, do all this stuff. Because, you know, I guess he's got to get prepared to be Deadpool again. Which is one thing we don't talk enough about, about actors that have other serious roles and then have to do superhero movies. Like, actually, the earliest example of this was the was it Garfield, I think the second Spider-Man, where he was trying to do the Spider-Man movie. So he had to bulk up. But because of his look, they wanted him to play more slender dudes or whatever for other movies. So he was having to like yo-yo weight, like get all that muscle mass off or whatever to do the other role and then take three to six months to bulk back up to go back to filming Spider-Man or whatever. And eventually it's one of the reasons he quoted is not wanting to do it anymore. Which is understandable. Yeah, like just physically, he couldn't keep going back to being Spider-Man if everybody else in Hollywood wanted him to do just these other like more gaunt or boyish looks even. Yeah, because I mean, he's not, you know, Stallone or Schwarzenegger. You're not going to cast him as like the biggest guy in the room. He's Spider-Man. He's somebody that would be 5'10", 175, but you know, in Spider-Man's case, it's all muscle mass. So so that's pretty tough. So So I get it. But so at this this point, I'm kind of like, all right, I guess there's a new Deadpool movie coming at some point or whatever. Not a surprise because people enjoyed the last two. But then he starts dropping hints in these, which in this video that I don't think people really paid attention to. Like, 
the first thing being that at the end of it, we see, well, one, <laughs> you see Hugh Jackman walk by in the back and he talks about how like, yeah, and I figured it'd be cool if we got Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine one more time. And Hugh Jackman just walks by in the background, like to the point you could barely tell it's Hugh Jackman and then goes up the stairs and just, and he's just like, isn't that right? Hugh's like, yep, you're right, Ryan, blah, blah. And then just goes upstairs, right? The most casual, like, great walk on promo possible, right? But it's like a year and a half away. Like it's, it's in 2024 or something. So it's forever away. And, that kind of got me thinking that there's something happening that they want you to know that these two characters are tied in to the MCU specifically because yeah, I think mutants is the big thing. Yeah. And, it, and what's funny is we had just got through watching Miss Marvel uh, like a week ago and they sort of hinted at that. She had something different with her genetically, but they didn't really say mutant, but I was like, Oh, well that's interesting. You know, so maybe that's the start of them starting to say, okay, now we're going to make mutants more normal part of the MCU, which speaking of, that's another thing that Ryan Reynolds mentioned in the thing was like, okay, well, I was thinking about, do I need to change the character or should I bring this thing in knowing that it's going to be part of the actual Marvel universe now and blah, blah, blah. And this is like, oh, so he's even referencing outright that Deadpool's going to be part of the MCU. Which isn't a huge surprise because we've seen the the stuff with Spider-Man. And you sort of assume with Venom getting that big, eventually you have to do a Venom-Spider-Man thing. So it all kind of makes sense that we're at the point that all the studios say, hey, look, when we do crossover stuff, the money's better for all of us. Let's let's just make this all tie in. But yeah, just I thought it was interesting. Just a lot of little hints that I don't even think they meant to be Easter eggs were kind of just dropped in there, but it sort of got me thinking about like what's coming in the next year and a half, two years that they need to have this promo out this far out specifically to say Deadpool and Wolverine are going to tie into the story and basically say, okay, and mutants are going to be part of the MCU. Like, I don't know what that is, but it's cool from a nerd perspective to just have it out there. And also, they've had, you know, it's been a rough, I think, what is this phase? I've lost track. Is it phase four, phase five? They've had some problems. Eternals crashed and burned. You know, I think the last Thor movie didn't really do very well. So they they, they kind of need a pick-me-up. I think certainly X-Men is what, you know, that's yeah, going to be huge. It's tough. You know, I don't, I'm still at the point that I'm not sure if the things failed on their merits or just that people particularly still aren't going to the cinema. I think the Eternals are just those characters. Nobody knew who they were. Cause like yeah, Iron Man, fair. you know, Iron Hulk, Hulk is a character. If you've never picked up a comic book before in your life, you know, the basics he's green. He gets really angry. Hulk smashes. The average person knows nothing about the Eternals and, and Marvel wasn't able to make them want to know anymore. Sure. I, and I'll, and the thing I'll say for Eternals is I don't think like if you followed the MCU, unless you're a hardcore comic person, I don't think their tie-in was as clean and obvious as even like Shang-Chi where like literally you had Wong show up or whatever and you know like oh okay this is going to tie into uh, Doctor Strange and blah blah right so even if you're not a real comic nerd like there were story beats in there that you went okay I get how this ties into everything else 
I don't think I left that way feeling that way with the Eternals. Plus, you know, uh, the with with the Master of Kung Fu. I mean, he's that that basically was a Black Panther moment because there, there yeah. are not very many Asian superheroes for sure. So that, sure. the, the, I think the Eternals had the first, uh, I believe, the first deaf superhero that we've seen in, in Marvel canon. Yeah. That just, I think I saw two or three stories about that. It wasn't. It probably was not promoted as well as it could have and should have been. Oh, and by the way, for anybody who hasn't seen Miss Marvel, very good series. Like I'll, I'll even say that one of the cool parts about it is it was filmed very differently from the other like which marvel does this like every series seems to get its own feel and own look or whatever and this one did a lot of like moving artwork in the backgrounds a lot of superimposed imagery when people are like texting or having thoughts or whatever like it just felt more i don't know what the right word is like i like it it did a good job to feel more new more contemporary like you were being aware of technology and just the scenery and everything and just making it different which was very cool and of course you know they they talked a lot about the like middle eastern cultures and things like that you know there was a lot of about like you know her relationship with the mosque and you know all that which i thought was very cool too because that's another thing we don't talk a lot about in comics or comic movies, but just in society in general, at least in American society, which I'm sure got a lot of people upset. And I saw people trying to like negative review bomb the thing or whatever, because, but honestly, I thought it was all handled very well to be yeah, honest. Since, since, uh, the character's creation, they, all the reviews have been mostly positive. They've just done a really good job of capturing the life of a teenager with that kind of background. And, you know, I haven't watched She-Hulk yet, but everybody know who has says they've enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's that one, you know, I think that one works because it's really kind of the first. You know, they've done, obviously, all of the movies have a little bit of humor. She-Hulk apparently is straight up pretty much a sitcom <laughs> with, where occasionally some crime fighting takes place. But, you know, depending on which version of She-Hulk you're reading in the comics, some of it was like that. Exactly. Her most well-received run was like that. Yeah, and that's the thing I don't understand. Like, people are like, I can't believe they had She-Hulk twerking on blah, blah. And I'm like, have you seen that? They were like, Stan Lee would be turning his grave. I'm like, Stan Lee wrote and approved some of the stuff that was worse than that for She-Hulk in the comics. Right. I, I remember, like, one of her covers is her standing there telling me, okay, you buy this comic book or I'm going to come to your house and shred all your X-Men comics, you know, acknowledging yeah, exactly. that, that, especially in the mid-90s, nothing other than X-Men comics was selling, it seemed like. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I remember and, at one point they put on Spidey's comic Spider Man, the non mutant superhero, because the X Men were everywhere. That is true. That that's real. But no, like honestly, I will say I think there's something coming. We don't know what it is. I think it's cool that this is kind of how we got the news of it. And over time, I think we're going to see a lot of speculating, or we'll eventually see the point where we go. Oh, this is where the X-Men come in, you know, or, oh, this is where Wolverine and Deadpool are going to do a thing or whatever. So that's pretty cool. I mean, credit to Marvel for planting the seeds the way they do, because it leads to this level of discussion and speculation or whatever. Uh, Everybody's excited. 
Yep. Oh, and that was the other thing. You ain't lying. Like I saw lots of people that, that, that that's all they were talking about for the better half of the day. It was like, oh, dude, do you see this? Look, look at this logo they did with the claw slashes and blah, blah, like everybody, like everything about it. People were excited about. So good on Marvel. Good on Ryan Reynolds. Welcome back, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's it's just going to be a good time for everybody. So that's awesome. But anyway, let's talk about some news that happened this week. All right, so we did talk about the Watsy cosplay poorly received announcement last week. But, you know, like we talked about, like there was no doubt there was going to be an update. And I believe it was two days ago. We did get this update online that, okay, let me say this. Like, again, one of the things on our show is we're going to complain about a thing when it's bad, but we're also going to praise a thing when it's good. And we got to give Watsy credit here. Because I, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but behind the scenes, I was working with a company to possibly put up more prizes for this if Watsy didn't announce prizes soon. We weren't even going to put up this much. I mean, Watsy went above and beyond on this one. So now, whereas the total prize pool before was only about $1,000 plus, I think, like a hotel room and, you know, some gift cards. This now has first place at $3,000, second place at $1,750, $1,750. I don't know why it's not $1,700, why it's not $1,800. It's $1,750. Like somebody had exactly enough money in a budget to put it somewhere. So whatever. But anyway, $1,750. And then you have three judges awards in the lower divisions for Novus, Journeyman, and Masters that will also each receive $1,000. So you're talking about going from a $1,000 prize pool to them making the prize pool, at least cash-wise, over 4000 Actually, over, over six, almost $8,000. you are looking at $7,750. That's a lot. That's a huge increase. Yeah, that's more in line with what you would expect. And each of the prize winners gets a three-day VIP badge to the final event that they do in 2023 they will also get a hotel room for the event so you're talking about even beyond the cash and the gift cards to joanne's or whatever like they're still going to be getting what amounts to another depending on the hotel room three days you're probably looking at between six and seven hundred dollars that's a pretty good prize pool because you're talking about like minimum thirty five hundred. Actually, about almost four thousand between cash and prizes for first place overall, and about fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred depending for the lower divisions. That's pretty cool. I I don't have a complaint here. I mean, if you're, I mean, let's be honest. If they'd have came back and just like doubled all the prizes and then gave a little more to the the judges award prizes people still would have been like eh, that's low but acceptable like this one i think everybody looks and goes okay now i think your best cosplayers are going to shell out a little bit because that was a thing for me previously right if if a cosplayer can't even win back money to cover the cost of the outfit they just built why are they even going to show up exactly they're not going to yeah now it's one thing if it's a little regional event Maybe it's going to be a convention with like two, three thousand people. They can drive to it. 
first prize is a couple hundred dollars. They might still do it for that because you don't have all those extra expenses. But when you're talking about somebody building a costume that's going to cost them anywhere between two and probably even up to $500, they're paying for a plane ticket, maybe event entry, a hotel room. You know, like, other than just, I don't know, the exposure of being seen and presented, like, there'd be no other reason for them to show up. So a bunch of people might just, especially since it's in October or the end of October going into November, some people might just save their money and buy more stuff for the holidays. So this is actually a very cool thing that gets people. Now, the downside is if you were considering it and then weren't, but then now you are because you see the prizes, you may not be able to get a ticket because <laughs> it's a little late in the game. So that's a little bit of a problem. But at least there's a new now acceptable floor for what they can do going forward. And it's interesting, too, that they made the VIP badge the final festival event of 2023. So my guess is that means there's going to be multiple. Well, we know there's going to be multiples because one's going to be I don't know if they said it was in Charlotte or something, but there's one more early next year. But that feels like they're going to do one at the toward the end of each year. And they're basically giving them the tickets like come back to the event you want at or whatever and like repeat effectively. Which is pretty cool. So this sort of feels like they're planning on moving them, maybe even doing one overseas or something, but they're guaranteeing that like, hey, we're going to do the one we know you can get to again, and we're going to give you the the badges in the hotel room for that. So it's pretty cool. It feels like this has a little extra thought put into it. It also says there's additional pricing and categories to be determined later by their sponsor. I'm assuming it's Joanne because that's the only sponsor that's mentioned here. But yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about all that, dude? That we got closer to what they should be doing. Yeah, that's sort of the way I feel about it, right? I think when we talked about it initially, we said, you know, you look around at other events, you see what other people are offering or doing. This is more in line with what I think you would expect. This is, you know, the, the previous thing was embarrassing. So this is actually, <laughs> this is definitely a step up. Well, yeah, consider that I did a small convention that barely wasn't even a thousand and we were, we were under a thousand people. And we did a cosplay contest and had a few hundred dollars in prizes and some trophies and stuff for each place. So, like, it wasn't offering that much more than what we did. Right. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure this event's going to have probably a 5 to 10x multiple easy in attendance over what we had. Because, I mean, somebody mentioned uh, that that their costume was something like, I think, what, $1,400, $1,500, and that was 10 years ago. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Depending on what you're building, and you you know as well as I do, if you've been to any of these big conventions or whatever, I mean, I saw a dude, he had a, uh, I guess now we would call it like a Mandalorian uh, costume, but it was a Bubble Fett outfit, to the point that he had a readout on the front that like it was reading his vitals and stuff. Wow. Yeah, and dude's like, oh yeah, I worked on this off and on for like two and a half years and blah, blah, blah. So like, I don't even want to know what that dude spent. Like he had mechanical things and little like animatronics and like yeah. like hidden parts in it and whatever and I'm like people go all out on this man these are these are passion projects for people not to mention you know the time and just how much you oh yeah how the much time, your time, the time is, is the biggest part for sure so i'm with you i'm with you like but cool you know just credit to watsi good job keep this as your floor and people should be happy like don't take anything away just add to it And I think we're good in the future.
Now, something else I want to talk about is kind of people's stance on some recent Twitch actions, which no surprise because, you know, hey, news from Twitch and nobody's happy about anything. But earlier this month, they had mentioned there's eventually going to be phasing out what's called host mode, which I've never totally understood host mode anyway in the couple of years I've been streaming. But the purpose I've used it for has been if you're part of a group or maybe a group of friends or a stream team or whatever, you can set it up to where when you're offline, one of your friends stuff will show up on your channel. Now, I'm not totally sure of that benefit because as we've talked about before, once you're not live, nobody really comes by your channel anyway. So it's kind of a weird thing. But then they've also, since then, you know, like we talked about, they've changed raid controls. So you know who the bad actors are. You you can set it up to where only certain people can raid you or certain groups of people can raid you. Maybe even channels of certain sizes, whatever it is, you know, you, however you want to set it up. But there's been this recent discourse that with all these changes, it's harming small creators. And in my stance... It feels like that is conceptually true, but in practicality, it's really not. Because I guess some people were trying to use being a small streamer to like, I'm going to go raid this big streamer and he'll see me or they'll see me and then I'll get the rub and they'll send a bunch of people my way. But that just doesn't happen that way. In my experience. Yeah, to me, if you're trying to do it that way, that's that's the wrong way to do it. To me, you should be rating people around your same size so they even notice. Because if you if you take three people and go drop in on somebody that's got 200 people in there, nobody's going to notice that, really. Yeah. Like, I, I've talked about it before where I've just, you know, I've had a good stream day. I've got 120, 130 people hanging out. None of the people I normally work with or any of my stream team are on. I'm like, you know what? Let me go quickly find somebody that's got like zero to five viewers and just make their day, right? I'm going to go drop 100 new viewers on them. And I literally had somebody has close to a breakdown. Like she was just like, I, I don't know. Oh, my God, I've never had this many people. Oh, sorry, y'all. I blah, blah, you know, just panicking. And I'm like, I'm not trying to do that to nobody. But if I'd have rated somebody else who had a similar CCV, then like, oh, okay. They're like, hey, thanks for bringing people by, dude. Blah, blah, blah. You know, hey, here's a little thing. Y'all should probably go check out Power Dragon stuff, too. And, you know, that whole thing. Right? But you're not going to get that when the other person just has no experience or whatever yet. And host mode, I don't understand how that affects small creators. Because for me to host anything on my channel, I have to go into their system and say specifically which channels or which groups I'm working with that I want to have their stuff hosted to begin with. So if you're not on my radar or I'm not on somebody else's radar, you know, who's got a bigger channel than me, I'm never going to show up on their host thing. I think these are things that are, you know, intended to help smaller streamers, but really to a large extent probably haven't yet. But since Twitch has so little in the way of discoverability, I hate to see them take something away without adding something. I'd rather they try to figure out how to fix these things as opposed to just 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 getting rid of them. Now, see, now that's the argument I can get behind that. OK, you're not hurting small streamers because these things are going away because nobody's using them for those purposes anyway. 
But if you're at least removing them and giving us a tool that does do something better, then people would be like, oh, okay, well, we could at least try this new thing out and see if it works because the old things weren't working. But they're basically just saying like, eh, we just want to save some money not having these on the operational side. So these are going away. And then that's the end of the announcement. <laughs> There's nothing else to follow with. So that's kind of like the tough part. So the thing I would look at, and I, I don't know, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but there's a service called Hover. And what Hover is, is it's basically like, for a simple explanation, imagine if you had TikTok, but it was only for Twitch streamers. And it linked to their Twitch stream account. So if something pops up and you like somebody, you can click follow and now you're following their Twitch stuff. So the next time they're on, you get the Twitch follow notification or whatever. That's actually really cool. And I think, honestly, that would be one of the best things for Twitch. And they should just buy Hover, to be honest. Like, they've got the money. Hover's not very big. I'm sure that's Hover's end goal play anyway. Just go buy it. They're doing the discoverability portion. And it's not great right now, but it's not great because the service is bad. It's just great because a lot of people don't know about it to use it but it's literally the exact type of tool that Twitch needs, even if it's just integrated into their site or whatever, but they need something like that. Maybe that's in the works, and that's why they're revamping things. <laughs> just put it out there from your lips. Maybe. I mean, because I, that's the thing. A matter of fact, I was just talking with somebody last night in, in a separate group about some content stuff, and that's one of the things that came up. is like when you're not live on Twitch, there is nothing... I mean, you know, there's maybe zero to two people that come by or whatever. But, like, realistically, there's just no activity on your channel. When you're not live, that's it. There's no way. There's nothing putting you in front of people. There's no, like, hey, in case you missed their last stream, here's the thing or whatever. Nothing like that. But at least with Hover, you can put, like, fun clips. You can put highlights of stuff. You can make a video to put on there that shows what you do on your channel. You know, whatever you want to do. And that at least puts it in the rotation. So if somebody likes a certain game and they're using Hover, it'll rotate through different creators, stuff that makes sense or, you know, related to other people that you watch. Maybe these people are friends on Twitch Twitch or whatever. You'll have a higher percentage chance of seeing somebody else new in the category or game that you like. So I'm like, great, that's all you need. But for whatever reason, they don't have anything like that. So I do think the taking tools away is just in general bad if you're not I mean, I guess if they're not going to dedicate to making them better and they're useless right now, you might as well get rid of them. But to come up with something to help with the problem. But I don't think these particularly are the things that are hurting small creators. I think there's other things that could help small creators grow or whatever. And I do get where the frustration comes from, right? If you're not growing and you just see the struggle constantly and you're one of those people that for a whole year, you've only streamed to like five people, it's going to feel like things are against you. And when you see stuff being taken away, you're like, ah, man, there goes another tool. They're, they're just trying to make sure I don't grow or whatever. But it, that's that's really not it at the end of the day. It's not. Believe me, I see several people now that I've helped out with things. Those aren't it. There's many other things we can fix a lot of the times. But yeah, host mode and the controlled raids, I don't think those are the problems. Like the, Like you said, discoverability, I think, is still one of the biggest issues. But it's it's not those things. But anyway, let's talk about a little bit of a cryptic thing that popped up on Twitter a little while ago. 
So yeah, I don't know. I guess by the time our show's live, people will have seen this now. Or maybe not. You might be listening to this in the morning and the show doesn't go live till the afternoon. But Wizards does a weekly show called Weekly MTG. So creative. But this week, they put out a notice on their social media that has a picture. uh, I think it is from an actual magic card. But it's like an owl with the crown, like with a magic book and some chains around him. But it has the caption of what power will be revealed, which in and of itself is just like, okay, weird. There's going to be some type of announcement, obviously. But if you look at the word power, it has a weird font for the P. And when you look at it and realize it's actually the correct font, but it's a number nine backwards instead of the letter P. Is that like an insinuation of getting something related to the power nine? Or am I just being a nerd that's looking into it too hard? Because I'm like, it may not even be reprinting Power 9 cards. It could be maybe some new merchandise that has the Power 9 stuff. Or maybe they're going to start a tournament series where the winner gets one of the power every event. And then, I don't know, the we give away the, the Lotus at the championship or whatever, right? There, there's a bunch of things that could be going on. But I think if people were to read into this a little bit, it might actually get more people to watch the stream. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. Like, am I am I trying too hard on this one? Probably, but I, mean, I guess somebody needs to be, right? Because you sometimes you don't feel like Wizards is. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, because here's the thing: for as much as people want to give Wizards a hard time, like sometimes they do drop things like this in there, and you're like, mm, okay, what does this mean? You know, I now admittedly, I probably only watch about a third of the weekly MTG things when they're up, uh, mostly because I'm just busy doing other things. But this one, I might actually watch. So, yeah, I'd be curious. If you're in the Discord, let me know what you think. Or, you know, if you did listen, how right were we? Yeah, that, that, it's Bray Wyatt. That's what we're gonna hear. It's, 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 it's the fiend. He's the white it's rabbit. Haircut, right? Which, by the way, did you see that the white rabbit might be Corbin? Oh my God! The heel heat. Well, I say the heat he would get, but I don't know. I'm just saying one of the it'd be, it'd be interesting. <laughs> it's a way to go. <laughs> well, they've been doing interesting things like between stuff during the commercial in the stadiums, and they've had the QR codes popping up on screen or whatever. Well, this one last week, it was a five-digit number. Well, the first thing that came to my head was like, okay, that's probably a zip code. So, like, whatever city they're going to do the reveal in, probably. You know, that's what I was thinking. But when I went and looked it up, it was Corbin, Kentucky. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, that's not where I thought this was going. Because I thought it was going to be a zip code to just, like, I don't know, some random city. And that's where we're finally going to get the reveal of the secret or whatever. But now I'm like, was this just a clue? Or does Triple H do the double swerve that come out with crazy Hill Heat Corbin but then have him explain that like the only way he could get back on his feet or to get restarted was to dig up the old fiend or whatever. And then like the fiend shows up, you know what I mean? That's like, a possibility too. I don't know. Crazy. But anyway, we're on wrestling conspiracy theories now, but Hey, credit to triple H. Cause at least we're talking about rest WWE and being excited again. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was one other quick bit of stuff we wanted to touch on before getting to the dinner table as well. In case you missed it, uh, which would be very missable, sadly, 
there was an arena championship yesterday or not yesterday, I guess would have been three days ago. Cause over the week <laughs> at some point there was an arena championship. Yeah, there was, there was a tournament that happened and there was a thing. Uh, yeah. But the interesting thing here is that one, it was won by Sam Rolfs. So let's give credit where it's due. I mean, as always competitors really showed out, really tried. It was a strong top eight, you know, what you would expect from magic tournaments these days. So nothing there, but people were concerned at the views and this, that, and the other, but the reality is I don't think it was arena. I don't think it was the players. I don't think it was the timing or the promotion because I believe they sent it out in emails and everything else. I think it was that it was alchemy. I don't think. Can we D all of the, or not, not the players, but other than the players, probably all of the above. Cause I, it's the first time hearing of it. <laughs> that no, it even happened. I don't even think it was, I think had it because even when you saw the comments, whether it was on Twitter or in the actual chat or whatever, had it been standard, especially with the new standard only being like a month old, like not even a full month old, like way more people would have been interested. Where did they promote it at? I heard nothing about it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they even send out an emails to people. Because they send out, uh, like, the weekly notices or whatever for stuff that gets updated in Arena or whatever. And it was in one of those. And if you played Arena, they had a pop-up thing on there on the main page and all that stuff. But my issue is just, that, like, following, looking around, you know, even in the Facebook groups I was in or whatever, like, nobody cared to watch Alchemy. Like if you weren't just into watching magic because you had, you know, you just like watching magic streams or you liked some of the people in the events or whatever, I don't know who was going out of their way to watch it. At what point did they just stop trying to make alchemy happen? I don't know, man. You know, because I was at an event where some of the Watsi employees were at and and I'm not going to name names. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. But my understanding was there is some amount of money being made on alchemy to at least keep it going. Now, I don't I don't I don't know if it's a lot of money. I'm assuming it's more than enough for it to be profitable, but it's not gangbusters was the insinuation that I got. But at the end of the day, I just don't know if it's worth the effort. You know, like, can we just put those resources toward other things and get more people in a happier place with arena or make more sets available. So you can get closer to having, um, I was going to say modern, but having pioneer on arena. And I don't know, I, I feel like you could, and that would make people happier than what we're doing with alchemy. Because I think even when I saw covert go blue, do his pro experiment of daily videos where he would post alchemy and then he post a non alchemy video. And if I remember right, he even tried different times of day for each. So like flip-flop, like one got the morning post, one got the afternoon post or whatever it was. But he said at the end of the day, like he was getting multiple, multiple times more views than he was getting on the alchemy stuff. And it didn't matter if he did standard or not or whatever, like the other video was getting more views than alchemy. And I was like, well, if your best creators also don't even want to support it, because there's no views or watch time coming in. And you have the overwhelming majority of the players who obviously have spoken and said they don't care to watch it. And a bunch of them don't care to play it. Hell, during the summer, the number of my view viewers that we talked about, like 
hardly anybody was going to have to spend a bunch of money on on uh, Dominary United because all they did was stack up gold and gems during the summer because nobody spent anything because the summer set was the alchemy Baldur's Gate thing. So most people didn't even buy any of it. Like from it was the first. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about it before I say this. I'm a liar, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the only mastery pass I haven't bought on Arena. And that was the same thing a bunch of other people said. And that's without me telling people that. So they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't buy it either. Like, they're just openly telling me they didn't buy it. So those all tell me that, like, for whatever amount of money this is making, I would have to reevaluate if that's where they need to be spending resources. Because it just feels like it's just been a couple of missed opportunities back to back. And while I don't hate the idea, I actually think the idea of having like something that works in the digital space that can't work in paper is kind of neat. Yeah, but it just it, it's not what we were promised. You know, they don't <laughs> fix things in a timely fashion. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Now, if it was actively like every two weeks there was an update to the format or we're fixing cards or doing whatever, like then maybe. You know, if it had even more resources and it was more nimble, I I could at least make that argument. That what was pitched, I think people want. <laughs> we we did. We're not getting what was pitched. I think for me, at the end of the day, alchemy had a shot in the beginning because people were upset with standard. You know, when you had the what is it, the Aurens Epiphany and all that stuff, right? People didn't want to like people were just tired of playing against that stuff. Like the new sets came out and they just the cards couldn't be used because the old cards were so dominant or whatever. So they were like, okay, here's this whole new thing where the cards that are problematic are are restricted down. You know, we've depowered stuff, we've added some things. Great, let's play this. But then it was like, since then, standards actually been pretty solid. The sets have been balanced. There's lots of different powerful cards. You can play a bunch of different styles of decks. So there's less motivation for people to spend money into a whole other format. The gripe right now is even like people want to get back to where historic doesn't have alchemy. So you can just have regular historic. That's the other thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I I just like your standard players don't want to spend money on it. Your historic players don't want it as part of their format. So you have a very small percentage of players that really are tied to the idea of the digital only cards or whatever, which again, I think is neat. I don't know if we need it in magic because again, for me, by doing that, Wizards is giving up one of their benefits over damn near every other card game, which is the fact that you've built up 30 years of history, right? So you get to benefit in your digital product by people being familiar with those cards and whatever, because they have all the paper familiarity, right? But I, I guess it's the same question because you know that's the same argument that's used in, in, in comic books. At, at the, I guess you have to ask: At what point does thirty years of history stop being a benefit and start being a detriment to people that are you know fifteen years old trying to pick up the game? You know, I but even in terms of comic books, I would say that Marvel still does a pretty solid job of that, right? We get new spins on stuff but there's still a lot of callbacks to old history and things in the marvel movies and i think if wizards was trying to find ways to do that which i think they can you can do 
story. Yeah, yeah what, what they pitched us originally on Alchemy is a way to do that. Then they just never update the cards. Yeah, I, I don't know. I All I know is I I can't remember seeing, like, even when people are like, ah, eh, I don't really play modern, but they'd still watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I like there were people literally just saying like, oh, it's Alchemy, never mind. And then they just left the stream. Which I get, because I sort of felt the same way. I'm like, well, let me check it out. And then after watching like through a full match and whatever, I'm like, I don't know if I just want to sit around and watch Alchemy for the next five hours. Like, not going to be a thing for me. So, yeah, I I think that was the issue with the event, which is sad because, like I said, I did watch the finals and the players played very well. It was a back and forth, top decking extravaganza at one point for one of the games, which is always fun and exciting, but it's going to go down as one of the ones that nobody really saw. Which is just sad. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm at the point that, again, if people enjoy Alchemy, I'm not going to tell you not to play it. I think it's, if it's available and it's a thing you enjoy, go play it. My disconcern for Wizards is this is a case where they did take away the ability to put other formats in the forefront and give them, you know, the TV time, if you will, the air time. And instead gave it to something that people have already kind of expressed as an overwhelming majority of the online arena community that they don't really care for it. So you didn't really gain, I'm assuming, maybe, maybe you gained a few players. I'm sure, I'm not going to believe that nobody saw that inside it. They didn't want to at least try Alchemy. But I'm imagining it's not more than a few handfuls of folks. As opposed to all the people that would have been excited to see some new standard deck or see their favorite player rep a deck that they like to play or whatever, which I think would have just been more powerful. So that's a little bit disappointing that that's the way things went. But, you know, is what it is. We'll see what changes going forward. But that does bring us to the dinner table, especially since we've been going over an hour now. <laughs> but I don't know. People seem to enjoy us when we just ramble. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Y'all let us know. Do you like it when we ramble or not? I've been told yes. Maybe it's not for everybody. But one of the things that came up this week, for those you who don't know, and I'm okay using their name because she posted on socials about this, so it's fine. But Talia Vess, who is a wonderful content creator for Magic, but also one of the judges of the cosplay contest at Magic 30. She shared some screenshots from, I mean, for lack of a better term, just incels. I mean, is what it is. Basically harassing her for exposing herself and using her body to get views and whatever, similar junk. Because she wore a tank top. It wasn't like it was even, and I'm not even talking like, I know some of y'all probably thought, you know, them like little string shoulders or whatever, and like booty shorts or whatever, nothing like that. It was a regular outfit, regular old, what most people would call, I hate the term, but a wife beater tank top. That's it. In black even. It wasn't even like it was a, you wouldn't you even try to be cute with like the white t-shirt, you know, nothing like that. And I'm like, what's wrong with you as a dude that you look at a woman in a tank top and be like, oh, she must be trying to get my attention with her boobies. Like, what? You you know what's wrong with them. They just there's just a lot of just 
I mean, like you said, it's just irrational hatred of women. I mean, bruh, porn exists. Go get the poison out, man. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> wow. For real. Oh. Like, what's wrong? Like, I just don't get it. Like, you know as well as I do. Living down south, growing up down south, whatever. It just gets hot as hell. And you see people in tank tops all the time, men and women. I don't I don't walk through the store and go like, oh, I I just got to look away or she's coming this direction. She must be trying to get my attention or like, no, it's 100 degrees outside, dog. Like You're well adjusted. I mean, these people just. They have doo doo in their souls. If they, I they, quote have Michael Jackson. they have to because I'm like. And don't get me wrong, like, yes, sometimes and I'm not saying they don't have the right to dress how they want to, but sometimes people are wearing things that are more provocative and like, okay, whatever you like it or you don't, whatever. They have the right to dress if like it's that. within Twitches, yeah. whatever terms, Twitch, YouTube or whoever says, but leave my, it alone. My problem though, is this wasn't even close to provocative. Like it wasn't like she was in a bikini or anything. Like it was literally just a regular, just everyday black tank top. And I'm just like, how? Like, that's why when, when dudes don't understand, like when women complain about being harassed all day or having to listen to dumb comments or like you don't see all this type of stuff going on behind the scenes. Like the number of stories I have heard from, and not even people that do content for a living. These are just average people I've heard it from. It's worse for content creators because they're putting oh, yeah, themselves the up all the time. Like, but the story, like, and we've talked about it before. The number of people that told me, like, the ways they get hit on and catcalled and harassed over stuff. I'm like, really, though? And from like, such a young age all the way for the rest yeah. of your life. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, I, I just. Like I said, sometimes I'll at least try somewhere to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt. But, like, there's nothing here. Like, these are just idiot dudes being idiots. Basically. I'm just like, man, and I feel bad. I All I could tell Ty was like, hey, at least the tank top's just helping you weed the garden. Yeah. You know, like, the scum comes to the top. You can now rake it off and get rid of them. Like, uh, that's it. I, got, I wish I had more something to contribute or help out, but I got nothing. Because, like, it, it, it makes no sense. Like, and these are the same dudes that will walk around and complain about not getting attention and women being this, that, and the other thing or whatever. And it's like, bro, you wonder why you're lonely? Really? Like, it's, you're, it's the, it's the doo doo in your soul. You're apparently over sexually aroused at a tank top. Like, you need the help. If I was religious, I might tell you, you need Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> something but seriously like i just don't understand like nobody should not have... rational behavior yeah nobody should have to put up with that like i wish i would have seen those comments live as they were going up because i'd have went in on somebody like not even just to defend her but like just to let somebody know how dumb they are being like i couldn't like again i get it if you see somebody at least that's dressing provocative all right, you don't necessarily have the right to tell them not to wear it, but I at least understand at least a smidge how it might bother you. But when somebody's just dressed normally and you're still bothered, 
Like, you got a real problem. A real problem. So it, it, it is not your job to police Twitch or YouTube or whatever. They have people that do that. They'll let somebody know if they stepped over whatever whatever line the, the content provider has set. Yeah, <laughs> I just want for you. I just want to keep pointing out to people when we talk about things that go on in the world, the harassment people deal with, the complaints, the negative comments, the derogatory stuff, whatever. It's crap like this that's constant. You know, when you when you know, we've talked about it even from the black perspective, when you're you're being compared to things or if you say something that's out of line or has to do with race, Im- immediately it's political. You know what I mean? It's like, no, dog, I'm just telling you how I grew up. That's not political. That's life. <laughs> you know, like, But apparently, if I mention something when I'm streaming, I'm being too urban and might lose my audience. Stop all that being urban. And I'm like, so if somebody asks me a personal question, am I not supposed to answer them? Like, I mean, if I'm getting an honest answer, that's not a political thing. That's, that's just what it was. I mean, you know, if I'm talking about being broke and eating syrup sandwiches or whatever, I mean, it was what it was. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I, I don't know what you want me to do with that. So, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's it's constant. So I get it when you see, especially women that choose to not be part of our audiences or be in our crowds or come to our events or whatever, because they don't want to have to deal with this crap. And that's why I've been happy, especially post-pandemic, to see more women. And honestly, I just say non-cis men, because, you know, there's other groups to be included in that as well that have been showing up to command fest and stuff even. Because at least it's showing we're making progress to where more of those people at least feel comfortable, know that there's enough people that will not allow that type of behavior and harassment and that's a step in the right direction. But every once in a while, you're going to have these things get brought back to the forefront. And we have to look and go, yeah, we ain't made that much progress. But anyway, Brian, why don't you show everybody where they can find you on socials? I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. You can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And man, just... Be kind to each other. And remember, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of your family. Go get your whatever they're calling it, the bivalve booster or whatever. If you got to do that, get your flu shots, all that good stuff. Protect your family from all the junk out there. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 